Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Well, howdy doody. Mike Kapler, my name. I'm the Cap, along with the Breeze Man, Joel Breezeke, and we are going to do another Growing in Grace podcast. We thought about it, and we decided at least one more. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. Every time that. we do it, we can say <laughs> at least one more. <laughs> as, as the religious people would say, if God wills. <laughs> That's right. And there is an element of truth to that, because if he doesn't will, then we're not going to do it. But <laughs> we don't need or, to get into Or will that. we? M- maybe will maybe we? he doesn't will, and we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> that's, that could possibly be <laughs> what's happening. There's probably... Nah, don't, we don't need to get into As we've talked about many times, we don't do this for profit. We don't accept donations. We, we're, we're doing it because you and I enjoy doing this. And we both feel... In our hearts, we both feel that there is a, uh, for lack of a better word, a call uh, of God to do this. That we do feel that you know He's He's in this with us. That we're not just doing it from the flesh, so to speak. But like you said, we could be doing that, and that's just would be what it is, I guess. <laughs> well, we, we're going to be getting into Hebrews nine here a little bit on the on the program today, and we'll talk more about a will, yeah, in just a little bit, either this week or next week. Because, you know, Jesus said he's the way, and you've heard it said, where there's a will, there's a way. (laughs) We're going to get into all of that. In our series here with Hebrews, we started with chapter 1. As I mentioned, we're up to chapter 9. I'm going to try and and just give a a, a real quick summary here. But I would encourage you, if you're just jumping in with us here in midstream, you can pick up with where we're at. That's fine. Feel free to go back and check out some of the past programs. We've got some anniversary shows in the middle of our Hebrew series, by the way, after we've celebrated... 15 years, not knowing for sure if it was God's will or not. Um, but seriously, here's the quick summary. Remember back in chapter 1, the, the way the book of Hebrews started out, where God formerly spoke through prophets to Jewish tribes, but now, but now has spoken to us through his Son. And keep in mind, the writer is generally speaking to Hebrew people here, Jewish people, helping them understand the difference between the old way under the law versus the new way through Jesus Christ. But Jesus, this whole book is really about Jesus. He's the centerpiece. Really, the Bible is meant to be that way, but this book in particular, he's the centerpiece. He's the focal point. He was the one who was appointed heir of all things through which God created the world. He was the firstborn. He was the begotten. He's the one who will have a throne that will last forever. He is the Word. He is alive and powerful the word by which God speaks to us today. He has become a permanent high priest, not a temporary one, like a man who was appointed through the law, which came through Moses. Jesus established a permanent priesthood, one who no longer needs to keep offering more and more forgiveness, like the old priests used to have to do. Uh, We came into a, a scenario where Mel, Melchizedek, he was greater than Abraham. In turn, and this is something that Joel pointed out a couple of programs ago, and it was very important, in turn, Jesus is greater than Levi, or the Levitical priesthood, as Levi was in the loins of Abraham at the time that he gave a tenth to Mel. 
Levi was in the loins of Abe at the time he gave a tenth to Mel from the spoils of war after Abraham had slaughtered the kings. But that that's an important point. Jesus is greater than the old priesthood which came through the law. We found out that we're under a better covenant, a more excellent covenant. There was a change of law. <laughs> and, and Jesus became the high priest when? After the law. See, the law is no longer in place. Why? Because it was weak and useless. It had fault. It needed to be replaced, not just tweaked. Um, as Joel pointed out, this wasn't Old Covenant Part 2. It wasn't a revision. It wasn't an addendum to the First Covenant. The New Covenant erased the Old One. It replaced the Old One. It wasn't like the First Covenant. Why? Because, well, with that First Covenant, it brought a reminder of sins. God said this New Covenant would not be like the one that was given to your fathers when they came out of Egypt. And, and so the law... The knowledge of sin came through that law, right? And it increased sin. It was the strength of sin. It, it brought guilt and condemnation, and it left, left people in a state of a sin consciousness. Jesus came to deliver people from all of that. And so that, that's just a, a real quick nutshell version summary here of what we've been talking about for, for a number of weeks. It's really all about Jesus. It's about the new covenant. Jesus essentially is that new covenant. And something else that we kind of skimmed over quickly some weeks back is that the covenant wasn't made with you and me, this new covenant. The old covenant, God did make with Israel, and they failed. They didn't hold up their end of the agreement. With this new covenant, we don't have to worry about that because the covenant wasn't made directly with us. It was one where God swore by himself, a covenant he made with himself. It was between father and son, so we can't mess it up. We can't fall short in this one because we're in the covenant, because we're in Christ, who, who is that covenant. So, Joel, we're going to get into Hebrews 9. I don't know if you want to, if anything stuck out to you there, but uh, feel free to, to uh, chime in. That's a really good, yeah, really good summary of what we've talked about so far leading up to Hebrews 9, where we're at now. Last week, I think one of the, the highlights that, you know, that we finished with, I think a really big point that the Jewish people would have understood uh, whether they agreed with this or not and i think this is one thing the writer of hebrews is trying to do he's trying to convince his fellow hebrews of this new covenant and he says at the very end of chapter 8 in that he says a new covenant in that god says a new covenant he has made the first obsolete now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away so remember this is 2000 years ago when this was written and the new covenant was made obsolete at that point. At the time, the priests, uh, not everybody believed, and not all the Jews believed, and the priests were still doing the sacrifices, were still doing their earthly services. And so it was vanishing away, it was growing old and vanishing away, but it hadn't quite disappeared yet, because they were still performing the duties for at least several years. But anyway, we start uh, in chapter 9 now, and, of course, the writer didn't write in chapters, as we talk about a lot, but he's talking then, he begins talking about these earthly duties, the divine services, the earthly sanctuary, the tabernacle. He, he writes a few sentences that, the, again, the Hebrew people would understand about the lampstand, the table, the showbread, all the things that went on in this earthly tabernacle, the priests going into the tabernacle. And he says in verse 6, Now when these things had been prepared, the priests always, and I want to highlight that word always, the priests always went in 
to the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. I highlight that word because it means that they kept doing it. We pointed out in past episodes here on Hebrews that Jesus, his sacrifice was once, but the priests here under the old covenant had to keep doing this over and over again in verse 7. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood. So he had to have blood. This was the blood of bulls and goats, of course, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. And the Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings, fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of Reformation. See, none of this stuff that the priests did could make anybody perfect. We've highlighted the fact that Jesus said, you shall be perfect. The whole po- the law, you have to be perfect if you're going to live by the law. You have to follow it perfectly. The standard is perfection. And the problem with this old covenant, as also was brought out in chapter 8 that we talked about last week, was the problem was the people. They did not keep it, so it could not bring perfection. And so the writer shares, again, these things about the earthly things that happened. In chapter, or verse 11 then, then I'll uh, pass this back to you, but Christ, and so he's contrasting this earthly ministry of the, the Levites. Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, which the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation yeah this is such good stuff now uh, the the beginning and you'll find this in in certain parts of the book of hebrews and i I think maybe the the first 10 verses of chapter 9 is probably a good example where the writer is again talking to these jewish believers helping them to understand this transition that is taking place from the old covenant to the new and so he's saying some things here about the tabernacle and the, and the things that were done with the priests and all of that. This would have been front and center for them. For us, it feels a little distant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't want to lose people here. That's why we're kind of skimming through these first 10 verses. It's not that they aren't important. You can read them for yourself and see that the writer continues to make a point here from what we talked about last week in Hebrews 8 and, and uh, chapter 7 before that. And it gets to this point. He continues to build up. <laughs> what he's been talking about. He's not talking about a whole bunch of different subjects. It's, right. it's all rolled into the same ball here. It's in the, it's, it's all, there's, we, we were joking around before we came on that there are thousands of points to be made. <laughs> it's, it feels like out of all this, it's like, it's like a one casserole with a whole bunch of ingredients in there. And so, um, even this, this, uh, comment here in verse 10, those things, those old things, those ceremonial things that related only to food and drink and various washings, regulations of the body imposed until the time of Reformation. And then verse 11 starts with, but when Christ appeared. See, there's this contrast always going on. Even that word washings in verse 10, Joel, that's where we get the word baptism. You know, so you can make these ceremonial things um, very lifeless. And I, I like the point you made, though, as it was pointed out previously in other programs, and that is that the law could make nothing perfect, and yet perfection is the requirement. So how does that work? Does that mean we have to be 
perfect as far as how we behave? Of course not. But there is a perfection requirement that the law could not give because it was weak and useless. It couldn't, it couldn't achieve those things for us. So, um, and that's, that's important for us to understand here because the writer is going to go on uh, in this chapter and the next one to, to make that point about how perfection did come to us through Jesus Christ and that we have been perfected. So we're going to get to, to all of that. Uh, and, and we'll probably have to pick up next week on where we're leaving off here. But let's just real quick, verse 11. But when Christ appeared as high priest, which came after the law, right? It came, he became the high priest of the good things to come. He entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, uh, not made with hands. Uh, that is to say, not of this creation. He went into the real deal um, and, and represented us before the, the very throne of, of God in, in, the, in the original tabernacle, not the, not the copy that God instructed the Israelites to make here on earth. And Joel, I'll let you finish up. Right, yeah, so we'll see as we continue on with chapter 9 next week, we'll see the, this contrast that the, the writer is making between the earthly uh, services of the, of the old covenant Levites and, uh, of course, this eternal thing really, that Christ has done, not made with hands, not of this creation, not the blood of goats and calves, but the blood of Jesus. That's why all of this is important, because it focuses and it points us to Jesus. So more on Hebrews next week, right here on Growing in Grace at growinggrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.